Yo. Yo. What's up, Wiz Dog? What's up, man? Showing like a villain, bro. <laughs> You've been on my you been on my heels the last forty eight hours, man. I had I had to. I gotta see where, I gotta check the temperature in the room. You was, <laughs> <laughs> I took I, you know they say if the shoe fit where yeah. Uh, you to yesterday you said everybody in a size thirteen, blah blah blah. I wear a thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say something. Nah, man, this should be a good episode though. Mhm. I think we so. We got a lot to talk about. Okay, well, let's jump right in to what we was talking about just then. Um, the last forty-eight hours, what we was discussing. So, uh-huh. for me, it started, you had a post-up. Yeah, well, I said that I, I agree with Dave Chappelle that um, celebrities don't need to protest or speak up. Right, right. And I jumped in and said, uh, what did I say? Um, Basically, that, that like, you didn't agree. <laughs> I did not, brother. So, we're going to get right into that. Well, why do, why do you say... On your end, what what makes you feel like um, shit? I don't even know how to. This this is where like it would help to have some journalist journalistic tra- training because I don't yeah. even know where to start. Okay, uh, when you just say celebrities, just that word, I won't even front. I, I think I said this to Grayley on another episode. It's mm-hmm. like the just the word celebrity kind of bothers me because. We're not being specific when we say that. We're just saying a celebrity. We're not just asking celebrities. We ain't asking celebrities to speak up. Right. They black. Like, so it's like, okay, say I'm standing in a park and it's me and it's Michael Jordan. He got a bullhorn. I just got my voice. Right. If something needs to be said for me, shouldn't I ask the dude with the bullhorn that look, hey, man, they over here slapping black people. Say something. You got a bullhorn. Uh-uh, but the, I get what you're saying, but in my view, right, the movement was already going. You understand what I'm saying? Like, all right, let me, let me, let me try to think of it another way. So, as we all know, I'm disabled, right? Right. So, let's say I made it to a certain level as a comedian. Like, I became, like, the Dave Chappelle niggas in wheelchairs, right? Which, which I, I do believe you will, bro. You you ridiculously funny. If anybody listening to this haven't seen this nigga on stage, man, dog, you yeah. straight do that shit. I ain't gonna get off subject, but you do yeah. that shit very, very naturally, bro. Like a motherfucker would think if you would if you wouldn't say shit <laughs> like this time last year, I was doing my first show. <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> wouldn't even know. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I remember. Uh, not to get off topic, but I remember when I first got with um this manager, he asked me how long I have been, I have been doing it, and at the time I had only been doing it for five months, and he had saw me perform, and he was like, five months? You can't tell nobody that shit." He was like, "Don't ever tell nobody you only been doing this shit for five months as good as you are, because they won't believe you." I swear to God, dog, don't even say, don't say that shit no more. <laughs> I'm with him. I agree with him. Don't say that shit no more. We know, but shit, yeah, nah. it's over with. <laughs> nah, but yeah. So like, like, let's say I got to that level, right? 
And there's a movement going on for whatever. All right. So, like, right now, disabled people, we can get married, right? But if me and my partner are on, are both on SSI, one of us ain't going to get any money. So, they, so, like, let's say that movement gets going, right? Where people want to fight for that right, right? Yeah. And then I come later on when it's already moving and I go, well, this is what I think about this. It may it may help. You feel what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But then it'll become, for some people, it'll become, well, Mike Favor said this. And then it becomes about me instead of the actual movement. You get what I'm saying? Right, yeah. I do feel, uh, okay. That's a like, fair point. Because like certain is the, it's a Kaepernick thing. It, we 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 didn't even talk about black men getting murdered in the streets. After a while, you'll see Kaepernick every day. They talking about Kaepernick and is he gonna get a job? And it's niggas right, that right. got killed that day. Right. It became it became more about after like yeah, that's what everybody was saying. Like after a while, it wasn't even about what he was nailing about anymore. It was about his job. So yeah. all those people, all those people that he was he was fighting for, they they got lost in, in in the source of it all. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. It became more about him and his job and the NFL, and then that's all everybody could talk about for the next two years was him and his job. So all the people that he was talking about, nobody cared about anymore. Even right now, uh. His name is coming up. I haven't really seen him speaking much, if at all. Yeah, he said he said a few things here and there, but I think that's why he became so low key about it. Is because, like I said, he it's not intentional that they because that their their intention is not to get in the way. You know what I mean? But is that their they become so big that they become bigger than the moment, like certain. Certain NBA players can go out and they can protest and they'll be fine, right? Mm-hmm. If LeBron James stepped outside and went to protest, everybody's going to crowd around the fact that LeBron James went to the protest. It's no longer going to be about that protest. It's going to be about LeBron James being at the protest. Okay, well... That's a fair point. To both of those are fair points. Right. But, but I would say this. If, if they're going to be doing it solely by themselves, then it becomes a thing of that name. But I think if every black player would have kneeled when Cap kneeled, I don't think it would be a Cap thing at all. I think because there's too many names now. Same for the NBA. If all of them were standing up and speaking out, then it would be, you know, it would be different. So, like, if it was, like, I always go, you know, I'll be on Michael Jordan about it. If Michael right. Jordan does that, then some of the guys who scared to lose their job for doing that, which a couple players we know did, right? then I think he makes it safer for them because LeBron ain't going to get fired for speaking out. Jordan ain't going to get fired for speaking out. They're not going to get rid of them. They right. may, they'll make certain things difficult, you know, more difficult than they 
were before they took a stance for anything because we understand how America is. So I'm not saying Michael Jordan or LeBron would have the same endorsements or same opportunities that they do had they, you know, depending right, on. So right, I know right. it makes it more difficult, but you made it easier on the other players to do that. And it wouldn't be a, a thing of you because if we had any type of unity between us in that way, I don't want to downplay all the things everybody is doing. I'm just speaking on the things that we haven't seen right now. If mm-hmm. everybody did it all at once and this is what it is, now you have a thing of it's a black people issue. And until it gets handled, this is how all of them are acting. You can't, so if you want to get rid of Cap, now you got to get rid of Julio Jones and Adrian Peterson and all those different names. You got to get rid of and Larry I, Fitzgerald. I, and that's why, that's why I personally didn't watch the NFL. I haven't watched the NFL mostly for the last four years. Because I think exactly like you said, if they all would have joined them and said, fuck it, we not if if y'all not gonna respect black people and black lives, then we gonna we all gonna nail. You can't give it to everybody. But what I've learned about black people in situations like this, especially now, is that a lot of black people that always talk about what they would do when these type of situations arise, when they when they actually happen. They're the ones that's not there. Because I know I'm not the most, I, and I don't want to say pro-black because there's no such thing as pro-black. If you're black, then you for black people, I believe, for the most part, right? I would think so, yeah. But I'm not the most quote-unquote conscious person. I like to play around and joke around. I, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't get too involved with things. I get angry about things and I express myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there are people that I know, you know, that they'll sit and they'll talk to you all day about what the white man's done and how the white man's wrong and we need to get rid of this and we need to do that and we need to go back to Africa and do this. And then once niggas started blowing shit up and fucking shit up around America, it was all, oh, well, what about black on black crime? That doesn't align with what you've been saying. You you know what I mean? Like some people when the when the when it when what they've been talking about actually starts to happen, they be scared for the next move. Yeah, and, and I think um it was a lot of NFL players they might have wanted to do what Kaepernick did, but you know. Everybody thinks about what they got to lose. And unfortunately, the NFL is not like the NBA. They can cut your ass at any minute, any minute and you won't get a dime. Like, look what look what Cap had to do just to get some money. Just right. to get just to get them to admit that there was some wrongdoing on their part, all that he had to do. But what I do disagree with Colin Kaepernick is I believe anytime you take these type of um, stands or stances in life and you have a platform, you gotta be, you gotta be willing to lose it. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't fight against the NFL and then want to be in the NFL at the same time. 
I'm with you on that part. I I just think it's they. I think um, it became a fight with them, and then at that point, it's like, yeah, man, you gotta understand. Even if you didn't mean it to be a fight toward them, you gotta right. understand how they taking it. And I, to be honest, I wasn't against the NFL in this sense, and I, I've been pretty consistent with a lot of different subjects of this. But um, as wrong as what they did to Cap was, in the sense of he standing up for you know, black lives, just he bringing awareness to a situation. NFL looking at it from a money standpoint, I don't care. They're not even looking at right or wrong or morals. They're looking at, like, the bottom line. You're affecting my dollar because people are taking it this way. So you got to get the hell on. Because, you know, and this is what I've – this is what I equated to. America is like – they have times in America where there's peace time, where they, like if you if you at war, there's times where there's peace time, and then there's times where there's war time. Us being black, we have times in America where there's quote unquote peace because I can't say all the way that there's peace because there's always something going on. Just certain stories get blown up bigger than others at times, right? Right. So you have times where we're at peace and ain't nothing really going on, and then you have times where we ready to fight because some shit just happened. And what I mean by that is he took his stance when whatever was going on in America between black people and the police wasn't as blown up as it is right now or as when Trayvon Martin was killed or when Michael Brown was killed. If he had took a stand during those particular times, I guarantee you the the result would have been different. Especially right now. Like if the NFL was going right now and he decided, or in September he decided that he wanted to take a knee for George George Floyd, nobody would have said anything. Right, right. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. He was ahead on it. But yeah. the thing I was saying about agreeing is that for me, is that that's their establishment. Uh, right. As unfortunate as it is, white people run the NFL majority. Right. Um, if they don't want you working there, you, to me, I can't force them to give you a job. They don't want you working there, but we all need to see what it is. You stood up for this. They mm-hmm. don't, they not with that, and they don't want you yeah. there. And now the situation with George Floyd it looks like um, there's only two sides to choose. Either you would, either you would Black Lives Mattering, or you part of the the situation that results in us getting a knee on our neck for minutes right. at a time until the life is. So the NFL can't stand next to that. So now they, yeah, Black Lives Matter. We want to make sure we get none of none of these leagues except for me, and not even baseball, because they have a majority Hispanic. Um, players, and those people are black as well. So, when you when you basically tell people like we're not with that or we don't support that, even if they don't support it, they can't say it because the people who make you your money are the people you're going against. Right. So it's a conflict of interest. And now the NFL is choosing to side with their black players because right now, if anybody says they're not with us, you I, 
for the most part, you out of it. You can't even say you disagree. You can't even, and right now in America, you can't even slightly suggest that something we're saying is wrong and people are going to pounce on you. Yep, because look at what look at what they just did, and you know, being black, you and, and, and myself, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we grew up uh, around that where it was, you know, what people say to black on black crime. Yeah, obviously, you, you you do things to people that are in close proximity of you, so obviously, we we understand that. But the relationship with our community and the police. You know, we got a bunch of stories of guys getting abused, harassed, beat up, killed, all types of shit. Yeah. And as far as people, when they talk about black on black crime, I don't, I won't ever excuse black on black crime, right? But I also understand how it happens. You know what I mean? And not just because we're in close proximity. If you got a bunch of people that have nothing right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking for a come up. Everybody's looking for how they can make money, how they can come up on the next person because that's the mentality you get when you have nothing. So we become people that would do anything to get what we need to get. And if the laws are designed for us to be in prison at a higher rate than everybody else. Like, we got to keep in mind, we only make up 13% of the population, right? Right, but we, we spread out. That 13% is not all in one spot at all. Right. So we're a very small group of people in comparison to the rest of um, America, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're going to jail a higher race than everybody else, that's a problem. And it ain't an us problem. There's a reason why all of that, even with even with me, right? And I always say, like, if I wasn't in the chair, I already know the type of person I would have been. And not because I would want to be that way, but because of my environment. You, you know what I mean? Like, I had a, I had a, and I don't want to get, I don't want to put people to, but I talk about it on stage and shit. I, I was born to a mother who eventually got on drugs and did crack and all of that. And I got, you know, I'm one of eight siblings, right? Right. So if my mother's not around, we don't got no father. My grandmother's taking care of me, my siblings, my cousins, her kids. What do you think I'm going to do? If there's no money in the house. You get what I'm saying? Right, right. I'm going to go out and try to find a way to get money. Then I might get arrested trying to find a way to get money. Now... When I get out of jail, it ain't no job opportunities for me. So now, the only way I'm going to get any money to support myself, I got to do something illegal. When I get out. So now I'm back in jail. So it's it's not just we just want to do some shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they make it seem like. It's like we just some wild niggas and we just want to be crazy and what. Nobody wants to live like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like, nobody nobody wants to live like that, but you learn that certain things you have to do or certain things happen because 
you have to survive. And like I keep saying, I think there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people in the world walking around with undiagnosed mental issues. But there are certainly a lot of people walking around in the black community with undiagnosed mental issues. Absolutely. So if and like I, I posted the other day, man, if everybody knew what I had been through from the time I was born, right? If you take away this chair and you just take everything I've been through, I would I'm I'm a prime candidate to go fucking crazy, right? I probably would have got angry one day and shot somebody at this just because I don't have health care. I don't have enough. I don't have enough money to to check on my own mental health. So people walk around and they have all these issues and nobody knows it because they can't afford to do anything about it. And that's how you get black on black crime. That's how you, when you mix all of these things together, it's like a powder keg of just bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a fact. And, you know, it's it's wild that, like, um, our criminals, just being black, our criminals don't even get treated as good as white criminals. White criminals get statues. Black criminals right. get horror stories. Right. The mob, the mob is celebrated. The mob is like, how many mob movies you seen? Yeah, nobody makes, yeah, nobody makes it. These people, how many rappers are named after mobsters? You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what's crazy. It's like, um, you look at the NBA dress code, and they'll say, you know, they didn't want them looking like thugs. Okay, right. they look like thugs wearing athletic work, you know, shit that got your team logo on it, ironically. But <laughs> they look like thugs wearing athletic work. But all the gangsters and mobsters wear suits. You gonna put right. them in suits. Right. All the ruthless, most ruthless shit, whether you're talking about Washington, D.C. or the mob, all that shit was done in suit and tie. If I was gonna be scared of any motherfucker in American history, it would be a motherfucker with a suit and tie. Right. Not a do right. Whether it be business, the mob, whoever. Hell yeah, your presidents. The motherfuckers yeah. are on time. Yeah. Criminals. And, and it's like people forget, man, how we dress now, streetwear wasn't the way people dressed until probably the late 80s. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at if you look at people in the, the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, any time before, like, the 80s, motherfuckers wore suits. Yep. Like, at least hard wore, shoes. Yeah, they wore dress clothes just to be outside. They didn't. They weren't even doing nothing. Yep. <laughs> just to be outside. <laughs> like, they weren't even doing nothing in particular. That was just their regular, everyday way of dress. Right. This so nigga ain't on his way to the job interview. This nigga is a liquor store wine on and he got on slacks. Yeah. That's how they dress. But, uh, you know, I remember they'll find a way to make it a problem. You know what I mean? And then 
everybody's cool until we react. As soon as we react to some shit, then it's an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I think, hold on, I think um, the the, um, the, the call got knocked out a little bit because I got a phone call. I'm going to hit you right back. All right. Well, well, oh, you I'm hit me right back. back. All right, all right, we good. We good. I forgot right, so, what was last talking about. Um, I was we was talking about um black on black crime and like why it happens and all that stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> Which really, man, you know what? Like you said, it, I get what they're saying, but it, it really ain't no such thing because it's like. Of all the different races, why you never hear of, like, and, and you know other crime happens because there's world news. So we know for a fact every country, city, state, any area has crime. Um, right. Before the people had the word thief, somebody had stole some shit. It just right. doesn't know the way shit goes. So you don't, people don't say white on white crime, Mexican on Mexican. Hey. Oh, see, you got low like, there. Um, it's, it, the numbers will show you it's just about even with white people. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Somebody fucked up. <laughs> so it's like, if, I think it's just the whole narrative of we're made to look like they want us to look a certain way and they're going to keep that narrative going. Man, Somebody keep calling my phone. I gotta hit you right back again, or you hit me right back again. <laughs> no, no. Hey, you good? I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. I'm about to curse this motherfucker out, man. Stop calling me, goddamn it! I told you I was doing the podcast. Fuck. If you see, I didn't answer the phone. What you trying to fucking call me on messenger for? <laughs> it ain't gonna change nothing. Yeah, answer this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. It's, a, it's on the same phone. <laughs> like my messages on the same phone. I I didn't just answer you for. I know where to get them. <laughs> DM him now, girl. If he don't have to pick up with that, <laughs> like what the fuck? It's on the same exact phone, man. <laughs> oh shit, that is rich, right there, boy. People be killing me with that shit. Like, if I didn't answer like the phone, I'm not gonna answer the messenger phone. It's on the same shit. <laughs> they really want to talk. Hey man, did you get a chance to see the Dave Chappelle eight? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, it goes with what I said at the beginning of, like when the when the when the pandemic first started and everything. Mm-hmm. Right, man. People don't. I think people undervalue comedians and societies. Like we're gonna be the ones to you know, because comedians are the people. We can say what we want to America, and there's no penalty for it. 
You know what I mean? Like, you gonna, you gonna like fire me? Nobody can fire you if you're a comedian. Right, that's a fact. You know what else? It's like, not that comedians are doing this, but you ever be around that person who say some serious shit to you and they get to always lean on? I'm just playing. I'm just joking. It's yeah. like, no, you're not joking. You're being dead serious. So I think people got a natural way of looking at a comedian as if, you know, they're going to get that pass. But comedians are holding a mirror up to society. There's way more truth in most comedy sets than there is fiction. Yeah, like if you, you know, and I'm just starting out, but like even with me, like if you look at what I talk about, I talk about, you know, being black in America, being disabled in America, where I come from, poverty, you know, and I do that in front of mostly large white crowds. And I hear them when I'm talking like that, some people go, oh, oh my God, or and I have to, I have to stop sometimes. I ask them like, "Yo, you all right? Like, you, you good? Like, I'm just telling you, this is what happened to me. Like, you don't have to be like alarmed by it. This is what happened." Yeah, I'm, I'm not currently going through that. I'm on stage. I mean, some of it I'm going through, but, uh, but yeah, I'm like I'm not gonna sit there right now and let tell you like this is what's happened. I'm letting you know how we got to this point that I ended up on this stage. Right. And people, you know, it makes people uncomfortable sometimes. The truth makes people uncomfortable. Man, you know what? It's it, because for us, I'm going to get up. This is where I cut them a little slack here. And I had to deal with this on my own. But like, like to. That joke Cat Williams made back in the day was like, my black friend said this and my white friend said this. It's like something simple, like um, the first time I went to Denver, I'm in Denver the way I'm everywhere with a pistol all right. at all times. Now, being right. black, that's like not nothing to you, right? You're like, hell yeah, they got no hella people that carry. I got whatever, whatever, right? But it's like to white people, it's like, why do you need that? What are you? You don't hey. need that. <laughs> like it's the um it was I got my first um a show I did I told this joke about this girl that I was talking to at the time she was she's mixed I don't want to say she was cuz she's still around she's mixed and um but she grew up you know with a white mother in a white neighborhood and area you know so she, her experience being black is different from my experience right Right. But it was one day we were talking on the phone and niggas started shooting outside my window. And I just kept talking. <laughs> and she goes, what was that? And I was like, oh, they shooting. Right? And she, yeah. goes, <laughs> she goes, and like, you're not scared? I'm like, scared of what? They ain't shooting at me. That's their business. And then she was like, you're not going to go check? And I'm like, check what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yo, I don't have nothing to do with that. I'm up up here in my apartment. Like, they're out there doing that. That has nothing to do with me. But I had to realize, like, she had never lived around shit like that. So she doesn't understand, like, people shooting outside of a window you know, that's regular. That's yeah. a, so, 
it's so bad. It it was so bad here in New York that when you go to any projects in New York, right, they have bars in the window because kids used to get shot, like just sleeping in their bed. And it, you know, and she never had to live with that. So she can understand like why am I not nervous that this is because this, this is like an everyday thing. You know, this is like this is what I live with. This doesn't bother me because they're not shooting at me. <laughs> you know what though? Uh, it, it is that and I'm with you. But like dog, some of that is like that horror movie shit where white mentality, that's what get white white mentality will get you yeah, murdered like, because it's like what you know, like they what they hear a noise and then they go outside with a flashlight. That ain't like, no motherfucking business. I don't know what the even with animals, right? Like right. a big ass motherfucking because um, I, Yeah, I even asked I was like, so if I was to go if I was to go look at what's going on right now. And they look up at the window and see me peeking out the window. And you could you could point up to where my apartment is. What do you think is gonna happen next? They gonna come up here and kill me. Cause now I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> And it ain't gotta be today. They might do it tomorrow, like shit. Yeah. I don't even wanna put that type of shit on myself. Yeah, like, but you know, like you said, man, even though she was a black woman. Culturally, she's a white woman, so she didn't know nothing about how that is, and not that that's a bad thing because you shouldn't have to know what that's like. You know what I mean? But it just is what it is. In a way, you're right, but in another way, it's like it ain't got to be no gangster shit. It could be, um, you know, like I said, an animal or or even the 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 motherfucking um when you watch or you see the 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 stuff white folks do um and they knows like some meth head is uh rummaging through garbage and shit this motherfucker is looking trying to find money to get high with it ain't no telling you go out there and catch this nigga rummaging in your garbage he don't kill you you could have right. stayed there ass in the house exactly you could just let him do what he was doing hell yeah you know motherfucker break in your house or it's like people come to the door for anything. You come to the door any time of night. Who the fuck is that? You open the door and then bam, you got. It. It's like right. nah. Exactly. Sometimes you just need to have a level of. So I like gunshots being the subject. Yeah, that's the part where I think like you may not be used to, and that's a difference between black and white mentality. But the but just in general, there being danger outside. White people got something where they just have to know, like. <laughs> they are just ultra you know what nosy. it is because they don't have to live they have they don't have to live with that fear so they can let their guard down you know what I'm you get what I mean like yeah like the way they cross the street like when you're in your car and you're driving white people across the street without looking and they dare you to hit them yeah we we have to live with like cautiousness because if if uh if another black man don't kill us, the police gonna do it. So we constantly gotta have, we constantly gotta look over our shoulder and make sure we straight or somebody gonna catch us slipping. Yeah. And they don't have to live like that. For the most part. Because it can't say every white person lives like that. Because there's some white motherfuckers out here, they live just as rough and rugged 
as we do. <laughs> yeah, it's a few. But nigga, you know what? It's like being a nigga or black person or whatever the, the listener needs to hear right now. That <laughs> brand, dog, it is a uh, it's a fascinating struggle, brother. Like, uh, hey, it's it's interesting, man. I'll tell you that. Like, I wouldn't, I would never trade being black for anything. You know what I mean? Just because I feel like there's so many different facets and so many types of people and so many we're not all just one thing you know what I mean and like the talent like the talents we have like for example like rap music was made out of the fact of they were cutting funding from like schools for for instruments Yep. so they had to figure out all right, well, how else are we going to have a party? Or how else are we going to make music? And that's how you got hip-hop. So it's like, man, it's, hey, man, we people, we people might not believe it, but we make the world go around, man. Yeah, that's a we, fact. That's the, and that's our first language when you trip off of it. And hip-hop ain't really a language so much as, like, a, I like when they call it a culture. I don't even know if it's that, but it, it's the most fitting word I could, you know. But um, it's like, since we've been over here, that's probably the first language we've been allowed to have. Like, they took everything. We speaking the King's English right now. Right. Like, all other shit stripped. Like, nigga, I don't know what my nigga skin came from. You know, we all know it came from Africa, but I don't know what country mine is from, yours is from. And now they send right. your shit back. <laughs> Give me some money. I'll take and, some the and it was something that they could they could touch it. You know, you could have people in it, but they not. It was rap. Rap in particular, it was so such an authentic black because they took jazz from us, right? Anybody can play an instrument. They might not do it as well, but they can do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They took rock and roll from us. Anybody can play guitar. You know, anybody can sing. It might it might not be the same, but the way that rap is presented, they can't copy that. So it was once it became where it was quote quote unquote gangster rap, and you have motherfuckers just speaking their mind. You can't copy that struggle. That's a fact. That's you know what I mean? That rap is is blackness at its most. I don't want to say at its most authentic, but it's authentic in its blackness. You get what I mean? Yeah. There's nowhere else to. There's we don't have any other genre or or or, or culture or any type of other form of entertainment where you get this many black stories or this many versions of the black experience from this many people, this many places and all mostly coming from America. There, there's not, you don't get it in movies. You could probably name every really great black movie director with just your two, just your two hands. Right. Rap. You can't and, name all the great rappers with all your fingers and toes. Right. And even with somebody like Eminem, like he catches a lot of flack, and people be like, "Oh, you know, if he was black, he'd be this." But the reason why he sold so much is not because he was white; 
is because he was white and he was showing the world that look, white people are just as fucked up as everybody else. If he had came out on some vanilla ice shit or some happy go lucky shit, people would have treated him like they did every other white rapper before him. Right. You know, you get what I mean? Right. Uh, Except the the Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even like with them, they had to get that stamp of, they had to, they had the, they was around LL Cool J, they was around Russell Simmons, they was around Run DMC. They couldn't just be out there just being white. They had to get that black stamp of approval first. Right, right. Even Eminem, he had to get the Drake coast. Like, rap is the only genre, the only anything where you need a black person to go, all right, you good, and we'll let you in. Well, since, you know since what I mean? About, uh, since we're on the subject of rap, my brother, you uh-huh. in, you in New York. I want to ask mm-hmm. you about a particular situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Do you take any issues with artists working with um, you know other artists who may have uh, done things that don't morally or you know I don't know the right words ethnically or whatever um, stuck with certain codes of streets or gangster music or hip hop in general how do you feel about you know the move Nicki oh, well, has just made if we talk about if we're talking about uh six nine and and Nicki Minaj. I, I didn't want to say his name. I was just gonna say Nicki. I was just gonna say how you feel about what Nicki did. But yeah, that um she's a, she's a woman. You know what I mean? Like she never she never claimed to be nothing like that. You understand what I'm saying? She didn't, cause you know she dropped some. It's some lines in her music that, granted, we can all back out of that and say it's entertaining. So I get that, but no, no. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. She puts on this, this, this image of she's. But for the most part, I look at it like she never came across as like no super gangster. I'm a shoot a bitch. You know what I mean? Right. And it's, and we gotta look at where she's at in her career. She's not as relevant anymore as she was five, ten years ago. That's a fact. So when people when people feel themselves losing that grip, they'll align themselves in situations where they might not have when they was on top. So that's what I think she did. It's like I think I don't think right now that may be something she want to do, but whether we like it or not, hey, the kid is a draw. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I saw the, uh, she did an IG live and she had him on there or he had her on there, one of the two. And uh, she was like, my husband, um, he's a real street dude, so he don't approve of this. And I was just thinking to myself, like, so your husband was like, nah, we ain't fucking with that. And you was like, and you said, fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, 
Wow. But she can do that. Yeah, I didn't because I, I she think got... she can, but I just didn't feel like what was the reason why would you tell us that he didn't want Yeah, to because now it? you just made your husband look a certain way. Yeah, like it's like you got some stripes on some woman power shit, like he said no and I did it anyway. Yeah. And that goes back to she got the money. So if she got the money, he don't got no saying nothing. I guess so. Boy. Because if he had the money and and you know she wanted to do something like that and he said no, I guarantee you that record would have never got made. Right, yeah. I'm but I guarantee, I guarantee you you won't you won't see a Megan the Stallion doing a record with Six Nine or a Cardi B doing especially Cardi B for obvious oh, reasons. Yeah, but she ain't touching Yeah, but Megan the Stallion ain't doing that. Because the, she got more to lose. Nicki Minaj at this point, nobody cares about Nicki Minaj. Outside of, because everybody gets to a point where I feel like you have a moment where everybody loves you and, and then it gets down to your core fan base at one point. You know what I mean? Right, right. Them the people that's going to be Nicki Min- regardless. Yeah, Nicki Minaj is down to her core fan base. Like, people that don't really fuck with her outside of her fans, they're not checking for her. So she got to do what she got to do to stay relevant. Because the game, for female rappers, the game ain't what it was when she first came in. When she came in, she was damn near the only one. Right, it's a bunch now, and she ain't the the the, the freshest on the block no more. It's a bunch of fresh faces. Yeah, and unfortunately for her, she didn't bargain on the fact that, you know, when she blew up, that that meant she was open. She was opening the door for other female rappers. And you can see her influence all over too, because you know, no disrespect to Lil Kim. But it's a difference in what Lil' Kim did with her hair and what Nicki does with hers. You know, I, I, I give Kim the, the, the props on the colors. But as far as making it an all-time, always thing, I got to hand that to Nicki. Like, Kim did her wigs here and there, but I just seen Kim with, you know, blonde for a long time, black for a long time. Not right. blue this week, pink this week, green this week. You know, Nicki, she always... And- and not for nothing, even though Nicki Minaj started out under Wayne and Cash Money and all that, people only really fucked with Little Kim like that because of her affiliation to Biggie. Right, yeah. And then once he passed away, it really became like whoever was around Biggie, we want we wanna be with we wanna hear them. That's why Pop sold five million records after Biggie died because people just wanted that. That was your man. We want to hear what you got to say. Let me ask you this: another thing about Nicki Dog. and this, this mm-hmm. is, if I had a large platform, I was I would start some shit right now. I ain't big enough for the shit I say to mean as much, but I swear to God, boy, if I was a celebrity, I'd be popping some shit right now. But why do you think it <laughs> is with like? 
the Me Too movement, if a dude gets in trouble for some shit, he's destroyed, and anybody that's connected to him gets destroyed because, you know, the the Me Too movement, it, they make sure to get that shit out the bit. Like, if you did a song with R. Kelly right now, you'll get canceled. Because right. he did and all that. But, like, Nicki Minaj has a brother that's a pedophile. Her husband, there was going to our take on it because I'm not going to get into the particulars, but uh, to make a long story short, for me, I feel like certain things ain't as bad as other things. That's just my opinion. But as far as the paperwork say, her brother is a pedophile. Her husband is a pedophile. She's on the song with a pedophile. Why does Me Too not go to jump up and cancel women when it seems like... um, they in the wrong. I, I kind of related to like, um, can you think of a joke you can make about rape that would be funny to, for women? Like if it's a woman getting raped, you got to make a joke about a woman getting raped. It's like, oh my God, that's not funny. But you can make anybody laugh with like a good joke about prison and a man getting raped by another man. You can make a joke about that. Friday after next. And, right. You know, ha ha Davis. Because it's funny. So it ain't the rape that's not funny. It's the fact that it's it's a woman. When it's a woman, it's not funny. When it's a man, it's funny. When it's a woman that's working think, with pedophiles, it seems to be accepted. I think she can get away with it because, for one, she like you said, she's a woman and she's a minority. She's a minority within hip hop, right? Yeah. So. Whenever you're a minority within it, like, all right, in comedy, there's this thing that was called punching up and punching down, right? Mm-hmm. So punching up is basically like, if you're a Dave Chappelle, right, people are going to say something when you attack the uh, the gay community because that's looked at as like, you're, a, you're higher than they are. So you can't make those jokes. You get what I right. mean? So it's it's where only the oppressed have the voice. Yeah. Whereas I can say anything about anybody, and no, I'm not really gonna catch any flack because people would just look at it like I'm a nigga in a wheelchair making jokes, and to them, I'm beneath everybody on the totem pole of life. So I can get away with doing certain things that other comedians might not. It's, a, it's like a pass based on the guilt of being higher. Yeah. So I feel like because she's a woman, because even though there are more women MCs than there were, it's still a, a big minority. Right. right. And women are looked at, and I don't, you know, but women are looked at as like, like nobody looks at like like I was saying nobody looks at Nicki Minaj as like tough or a gangster. You're not scared of Nicki Minaj. You know you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's like if she wants to do that, if she wants to hang around these people, it, people will make it into this thing where it's like it's these it's these men. These men make her hang out here, or she's with these men because like she's trying to heal them or help them or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, it's, I just, I don't know. It's like, um, like to your point, me being a man, 
you can't really even make a complaint about double standards. You know what I mean? Because if we being honest, we have treated women very bad for a very, very long time. And it's a lot of things that's just right. still not fair for them. So it's like finding something on the other end. It's like, well, look what y'all doing. It's like, well, we really don't want to get into keeping score because that ain't a battle we can win at all. Even now, even now with what's going on in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I see white people complaining and they, you know, they start complaining about, well, why do we need this? And the Black Lives Matter and why are they doing this? Like you can't say nothing to us about nothing. Because if you was doing your job, we wouldn't even be in this predicament to have to do this. And you know what? This this is what's crazy about our shit, bro. Just being black. I don't mean this to be a joke, but it's 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 just I don't know, it's a little humor in it. But like, bruh. You might die from some shit that we all breathing in right now. Our economy got fucked up. We ain't know what to do. The world is panicking. Like the, it's all right. type of shit. We dealing with shit that can't nobody tell us about. You know, most times we have a crisis. Our grandmas and grandfathers they can tell us about the shit because they it's normally something that they didn't went through. This is some shit unlike any of us have ever faced in an economy that right. ain't never been like this before. And right, y'all motherfuckers still killing us, bro. Like, I like, god damn, it's like a joke I wrote recently. And obviously, I haven't been able to perform it nowhere, right? But I wrote this joke and I say, you know, if you ever wanted to know the difference between being black in America and being white in America, it's simple as this when white people got angry, they were protesting for their right just to go outside. We had to go outside because a nigga got killed. Right. And that's the that's the difference. Right there. They went outside just to go they protested and got angry just for their right to go outside. We had to go outside and protest because a nigga got killed. And if uh, if a white person can't understand that difference, I don't know what to tell them. They always got some some rebuttal though. I I would get in there. It's some tricky motherfucker. Not all white people, but you know the ones we talking about. But like, it's always some rebuttal. Like even when I looked at when this all lives matter shit, and they've been doing that for years too. But it's like I know that you're smarter than this. You're not this dumb where you think a motherfucker is saying like. You can't do that. It's like that. We ain't like the rest of these people. Black lives matter. Unlike y'all's. Ain't right. nobody saying no shit like that. And then where would where the fuck would we even base that <laughs> on? Based on our history, what would the fuck would we be saying that our lives matter than there? But we ain't been taught that. We don't act like that. Like we we'd be treating yeah, each other like... a lot better if that's some shit we really thought. Like y'all know what the fuck going on. You just. It's like a motherfucker that don't want to have a real conversation with you, so they deflect over to something else, so you can start talking about something else. It, it's a it's it's a power thing. A lot of them, the crazy thing to me is right. A lot of the black people, a lot of the white people that would be quick to all lives matter and this and that, they ain't ever been around a black motherfucker in their life, right? Those are the ones that you get saying shit like that. 
and they get on the internet because they know nobody can do nothing to them and they start talking like that and when you have a people who who perceive themselves to be in the power when they start to feel like they're losing that power it makes them nervous and you can see it like now now is the first time in my life where I actually see white people are nervous about what's happening you know what I mean like you can't say nothing without them well what about what about what about what about because they know man look we've been going through this you, me and you are around the yeah, same age I'm right? 36 We've been, yeah, I'm 36 too. We've been going through this as far as I can. Like the first time I really remember it was Rodney King, and I was seven, eight years old, right? Ain't nothing changed in damn near 30 years. And 30 years before that, niggas was going through the same thing. And 30 years before that, and 30 years before that. And forever, you could go any year, niggas is going through something. And, you know, now is the first time in my life where I actually feel like something, because everybody's broke right now, right? Everybody's losing money. Everybody's in the same, everybody's feeling in a way through the coronavirus what it's like to be disenfranchised, right? Mm-hmm. So now I, I feel like America does this thing where whenever we get angry, they've done things to pacify it, right? This is the first time. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can give us. There's nothing you can... That $1,200 done went away. That's That's gone. So there's nothing they can do to to stop the movement right now because everything is fucked up for everybody. So now they're nervous. That's how I look at it. You know I what I mean? I 100 agree, dog. I 100 agree. It's like uh, I said this on the last episode where it was like that we were in a state of. You know, no matter all this shit go on, even like somebody in your family die, at some point you gotta get your ass back up and go to work. You ain't even got time to be that sad. You gotta get yeah. on with life. But it, right now we in a in a situation where, because of that coronavirus shit, it's a lot of people that just got a lot of time on their hands, and you can watch shit a million times on your phone. Like you ain't gotta wait on the news. Yeah, and and what's happening is a lot of people meaning white people who wouldn't have ordinarily paid attention, they ain't had no choice. You home, you home just like I'm home. So you, you see this shit, like you see what happened. That don't make you angry? Oh, that video fucked me up, man. And I can't even make it through the whole... I seen them, I seen the video a few times, but I only made it to the stretcher, I think, once. I never listen. I never even watched it. I can't. I will never. I don't. I can't watch videos. I could piece together what happened by just what people say. Yeah, you know what I mean. I understand too. But I can't. 
I can't sit and just watch somebody die like that. Like I watched the I watched the uh the Ahmad Arby video and that was so quick, but it was like so like what the fuck? Like they just shot this nigga. Yeah, with ease, like with no problem, and I, like yeah, right. And you know, like you said, ain't nothing going on. It's like so, like I said, white people, white people watch the same video we watch. Like you, you watch that video and you look at it, and it's like that. that come on, man, that, that don't make you upset. That don't make you angry to see that. Forget black and white for a minute. That don't make you angry as a human being to see that. Right. Like one person put they meat, they he drained the life out this man like a goddamn like I don't know. Like he drained the life out this man. This man begging, you got your knee on his neck. Like, dog, it's one it's the most fucked up thing I have ever seen. This shit brought me to tears, bro. And and see that's but see. Shit like this, every, every, I say, like, 40, 50 years, something has to happen where white people got to see it, too. And then they go, oh, man, this is real fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, people can say what they want about the civil rights movement and whether or not it failed or whether or not, you know, we've come along any progress since then. But the reason why it did anything was was because white people finally said, yo, we see what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? Because now it was cameras. Like, you gotta remember, this is the 60s and the TV. The invention of TV helped us. You know what I mean? Because now, where you might have thought niggas was just talking or making it up, it's like, no. You can see it. Like you see what's going on, you see how they fucking us up, you see how they hanging us, you see how motherfuckers couldn't even go to school with white people sixty years ago. Right? Did you talk about how bold a motherfucker is too? To where like, you know, like like uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a, a thief or criminal myself, but the way I behave somewhere that doesn't have a camera, I'll say, is not the same way I behave when I see a camera looking at me. That might be, you know, if I got my nephews and we out at the mall or something and one of them do something where they need their ass whoop and I look up and it's a camera pointed right at me, he might be safe. You right. know? Right. Like, the police literally got a camera in his face. And he like, yeah, you see what and I'm doing? Did. Yeah, like, nigga, you know what type of Balls you got to be like, yeah, I hey, see you looking. Them, in general, bro, like, them in general, and I don't mean every white person, because there's a lot of white people spoke, but I'm not talking about them right now. If you look at the motherfuckers that make the racist comments, right, these motherfuckers have their first name, middle name, last name, where they live, where they work, and will sit on the internet and call you a nigga with a hard R. And like you and like you not about to do nothing. Like they can't lose nothing from you. Nigga, I know your whole name. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we what the fuck are we doing? You 
You just spouted out some real racist shit. I know your whole name. I know where you live. I know where you work. Are you about to lose everything? And they, and, but they, they don't, don't give a fuck. But that, that ego, that ego in that moment, they feel so superior to black people that they feel like they can say whatever they want and there's going to be no repercussions for it. And the thing is, I feel like right now, and nobody's going for it. It's like you can you can do the shit and you can say the shit, but we're gonna fuck some shit up. This is uh, like man, if you think, yeah, like if you think about it, right? Social media affected this whole thing, and what I mean is, you remember the first night when they was rioting in Minnesota? They was burning up the Target and they burnt up their neighborhood. And niggas was on the internet like, why don't they go burn down this? Why don't they go over there and burn down they shit? The next day, motherfuckers went over there and burnt down they shit. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's when everybody paid attention. Like, oh, whoa, shit. <laughs> that's when it became... That's when the whole thing became something different. When they burnt down that precinct, that's when it was, oh, these niggas is for real. Yeah, hey, that was the one when I, hey, even for me, though, that's the one that got me. All that other shit is like, man, you burn down corporate stores, I get it. So Wendy's or Quick Trip or Shell, whatever the fuck, might not be in your neighborhood no more. Okay, but let's be honest. Wendy's and them make enough money in a goddamn day. If they wanted to, they'll rebuild that shit right there. They made enough money off that one commodity. Right. Y'all have paid for seven of them damn stores, so whatever. But the precinct let me know, like, right. oh, these niggas ain't bullshitting, bro. They took it to the... You know, it's the difference between me, motherfucking, looking for you in the street, and the difference between me knocking on your front door. It's like, oh, shit, that nigga knocking at the front door. And I'm, hey, bro, I'm telling you, what happened was social media said y'all niggas tripping, burning down your own shit. If you really want to do something, go over there and burn down some shit. And then they went over there and burned down some shit. And then white people got scared. And that's crazy. And uh, you know what? I'm glad you said that, too, because that's very important to talk about. The fucking power of social media, because... We've had world news our whole life, our whole life. Well, there's been right. world news. We might not have had all these channels, but we always were able to see what's going right. on around the world. But now people around the world are communicating with, with each other at an instant you know, rate. So it's like you look at what goes on in London and Italy over oh, some shit that happened over here. It's because all these people that's growing up the same age, or even when you look at their musicians, a musician drops something, if he can get himself hot, the world gets his shit. Even if you are out the trunk type nigga, it changes your way to where like um you go back, you look at somebody like Too Short, he's out the trunk. But he just got the Bay Area when right. he kick his shit off. That's it. But if he would have did it now, 30, 35 years later, he would have been, been everywhere. Everywhere instantly. So where in the Bay, for him to get up to 200,000 followers, he really got, a, you know, not followers at that time, but 
200,000 supporters or sales or fans or however you want to label it, he got to really be working right. in the area. Now, you can have 200,000 followers or fans or whatever and not have one motherfucker that live uh, near you. This ain't nobody in your city heard of you. You got 200,000 motherfuckers fucking with you. But that's why the world protested with us because the world saw that video. And that made the world go, hey, what the fuck is going on in America that this is cool to y'all? Right. Y'all whooping motherfuckers' ass like that. Y'all killing motherfuckers in it. You know, for us, it's like, it's as sad as it is. It was like I said at the beginning when we started this episode. We know mm-hmm. we have been on. You know, you remember when he was little, even though they was black movies, rest in peace of John Singleton, but movies like Boys in the Hood, Men's Society, uh, I forget which other one, South Central, New Jersey Drive. Motherfuckers, are, like the movie will come on or either be going off and it'll be like one in 25 black men will be murdered by the age of this. And this uh, many niggas. Right, right, like, right, right. We, that, we was kids when that shit was getting burned into our subconscious. Like, either me or a motherfucker look like me. And I be tell, fucked up in this way by the time we this age. I tell people that I tell my nieces and nephews that I tell everybody that all the time. It's like, if you was a kid growing up in the 80s and the 90s, that shit was different, man. That shit was, we were so on it as far as like trying to teach the youth uh, what the world is and what what to expect. We had, we grew up differently than these kids now. Like we, you know, we saw, because our grandparents and our parents, they was kids when Martin Luther King was out, when Malcolm X was doing his thing. So they, they had that in them. They lived through civil rights. You know what I mean? And then directly after civil rights came the crack era. So it's like that it was a it was a it was such a a like a I don't even know, like a dichotomy of like where it was like one minute we all about black empowerment and black people getting together. Then the next minute we in the worst conditions you ever seen in your fucking life. You know what? I was just telling my little brother about the uh the quote-unquote crack era, bro. And it, it's it's odd because, you know, I'm 36. My youngest brother is, I think, 23, 22. Uh, yeah. You know, if when when I'm when I'm 86 and and he's uh, fucking 72, that don't that don't make a big difference. But just that little bit, right. him being a, a late 90s baby. He don't have a fucking idea though. He's not ten until the late twenty tens. You know what I mean? So right. Like, exactly. Yeah. I just tell him things about like um, the environment, the culture. You be outside, and you know this late at night, in the middle of the night, you can remember dope things being all up and down the street. You know what I mean? The loud arguments and shit. Yeah, you be. Or you be walking on the street and you see like the crack valves and the like, that was normal. That was like, man, I tell people all the time when you look at them documentaries and you look at these movies and they talking about how crack broke up the black family and they did this and they did this. They talking about my family. My family is what them documentaries yeah, are based on. Too. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my family, your family, a million other motherfuckers across America's family was broken up because of that one thing. And that's what I mean. It's like, we went from... Because this is what they do. You got to look at it. All right. You want us to free you as slaves? Then we're going to implement Jim Crow. Right? You want to you wanna vote? You want freedom? We're going to kill your leader. Right? You want you you want this, you want that, you want to be free. Cool. We'll move crack into your neighborhood. And people could say, well, oh well, it wasn't just, you know, crack nobody had to do crack. But it's like if you take everything away from a motherfucker and you give them some sort of freedom, whatever it may be, whether it be positive or negative, most times they're gonna use it. Mm-hmm. Because for them people. For for my mama, whoever mama, I don't know, you know, whatever my mom's went through in her life, for her, that shit was that little bit of freedom. That shit, it fucked up and everything, dog. Like that shit fucked yeah. up. And then, and then you know, being a kid, and then you see, man, I told the story on 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 my post one day. I was. Seven, eight years old when the Rodney King shit happened, and I remember watching the video and seeing that it happened the day before my birthday, right? And just just being upset that like for little kids, like man, they beat this man up the day before my fucking birthday, nigga. <laughs> like, like what the fuck? And I never seen a black man get beat up like that before. Right. You know what I mean? And see, that's the difference too. Like when I say the difference in the camera and all that shit, it's like they didn't know the camera was on them. So they so they used right. to seeing it raw. Like they they went around in a circle and they whipped, whipped his, his ass. ass. It like that shit was. And then let's not forget this too: the criminal trial. Motherfuckers walked with the shit on tape, like. Then they walked because you have an element of people who, no matter what happens with black people, that's why they moved the trial. They moved the trial from LA to like some semi valley or some shit like that, where it was most like it was like one percent black population, and it's. It's some white people that are so disconnected from reality that no matter what happens, they don't care as long as their whiteness is protected. And you know, when you seen what happened when they when they let them niggas go, they burnt and laid down. Yeah, they fucked LA all the way up. But it was like, like dog, this. That's the thing that I don't um, I don't understand with us, and I don't mean to be critical, but I just mean to where mm-hmm. I, I don't completely understand it. Um, as far as like the outrage and the things that we decide to do, um, what makes it simmer down? Like what makes it to where we go? Like when people start going back to normal, and let me let me speak on myself because. I get the point in the finger that a lot of other people saying what other people do, and I don't ever say nothing about the things I do mm-hmm. myself. One reason is because 
you don't want to come off as braggy about your contributions and all that. But I don't want to sound yeah. like a hypocrite. So obviously, I haven't been out doing no uh, no marches and protests. And my brother went out there. Shout out to my little brother out in Atlanta. But um, yeah, I went out to one. I, I haven't I haven't done any of that. But what I did decide to do is, um, and it may may not even have much to do with the police killing side, um, was money. So I said, well, I got to figure out a way to donate uh, to some of the causes. But I don't know if those things, uh, I don't know where it goes. Like after you spend the money, I don't know how to even keep up with it or, or, or check to make sure who's going to do what. So I said, for the future, I'm going right. to make sure as much money as I can I'm going to try to make sure it's going into black pockets so um, I go on webuyblack.com right. uh, they got this washing detergent uh, I think it's called true detergent I'm like okay well I'm going to do my washing detergent and when I go to uh, get food and shit uh, if I can get it from black stores or which be 100% honest bro I'm just I don't mean this I probably shouldn't even say this but I just got to be 100% honest it is not always the best experience from a customer service standpoint, and that's something that we need to work yeah. on. Because I'm just, just keeping it real. I don't want to just paint. I don't... Hey man, I I've heard a lot of people complain about it. it so just be I like, know. God damn, I don't mean you ain't got to kiss my ass because I'm spending money with you. But at least understand that I'm fucking spending money with you. I don't have to spend no fucking money with you. Like, don't get slick. And like chill the fuck out. Like let me spend my money and you chill. Like I'm yeah. trying to help you. Some, you got some black establishments act like you're hey, burning. Before we before we go any further, for anybody that's gonna listen to this, gonna listen to this later on, I know y'all hear like shit outside the window. That is not gunshot. That's niggas shooting on fireworks. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm safe. It's going on here too, man. I hate it. I hate this time of year. Yeah. Oh man, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you don't know what the fuck be going yeah, on. Nah, these little kids be crazy, man. You know, it was just last year, every year, really. But motherfuckers get them Roman candles, and they shoot them at cars, man. So you can't you can't ride down some of these blocks with your windows down because you end up having to kill one of these kids. If I get hit with one of them things, hey. dog, I swear to God, if I ain't blind, I'm gonna kill one of them fucking kids. Hey, I remember um, I had to be about eight or nine years old. And the, in New York, you can't, you're not supposed to shoot off fireworks, yeah. right? They made it like illegal all the way. Even though they're still and part 17. of the reason was, yeah, and part of the reason was because back in the day on my block, there was a car driver and a kid on my block had put fireworks like right on the street. And the car hit the fireworks, and his shit got fucked up. And, like, shortly after that, they was like, nah, y'all niggas can't shoot off. No more fireworks. It's over. Like, they was like, it's over in New York. You niggas ain't doing none of that. Take the fireworks. How do they still get to sell them, though? That's the part I have. I don't know. Because people go, people go to Jersey, or they go to Pennsylvania, and they go get them from there. Oh, uh, Okay. That makes sense. Okay, okay. Well, I'm in like because uh, Pennsylvania. You've been here, right? Pennsylvania. Go ahead, go ahead, my bad. My bad. Go ahead. Huh? 
Because, like, Philly is only two hours away from New York. So if you could make it to Philly or you can make it to Jersey and get some fireworks, you all right. And you probably don't even got to make it all the way in there because the off, off of the highway, y'all got those stores out there that'll be like fireworks and back a little barn and shit. Yeah. You get kind of close. Right. Maybe maybe 30 minutes outside of Philly, you probably see a few. Yeah. Oh, but for one second, going back to what you said about um John Singleton and all the movies back yeah. in the day, right? Even even with that, like those movies, man, I didn't know L.A. was nothing like Boys in the Hood until I saw Boys in the Hood, and then I was like, oh shit, because you, we didn't have that kind of media coverage back then. We didn't have, we obviously didn't have social media, so especially being in New York and back then, it was like we thought that crime only happens here. Don't nobody else really be doing nothing nowhere else. Everywhere else is cool. That's what the average person in New York thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you see some shit like Boys in the Hood. It's like, oh, LA niggas, they get it. You know what I mean? Like, this shit different. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? That's a other world Yeah. But, and with social media too, it's like, man... You think about it, Bill Cosby got taken down because of social media. Pretty much, yeah. Because, yeah, because Hannibal Burris said what he said. He made the joke that he did, and somebody recorded it, and it, it spread all over social media. So now these charges that have been around on Bill Cosby for 30 years, now it's like, oh, we got to relook at this shit again. Because, like, I keep telling people, too, I had heard about Bill Cosby raping bitches when I was 14. Like, it was on the news one day, I saw it, and then you never saw it again. That's crazy within itself, man. And that's what I mean when I say the country, like, and Bill, look at Bill Cosby, man. He wore slacks and coochie sweaters. But, like... That's not thug thug attire. This nigga did some of the worst shit. Because he don't curse? Like, you got people that covered up for him because he don't curse? And he wear coochie sweaters? Yeah, because because America, because especially black people, we have this thing where, for some reason, we think if you talk a certain way or if you act a certain way, that ain't that ain't the standard. That ain't that's that's not that's black. You ain't supposed to do that. Like somehow being your authentic black self sometimes to some people is a ne- is a negative thing. But if you act proper, if you if you quiet, if you you know if you don't curse so much, somehow that became white. And that's what I think a lot of people covered up for Bill Cosby is because he did it the quote-unquote white way. And he, you know, he was out here. And you know why? Uh, people ask me all the time, like, why I be so hard on Bill Cosby or why I don't fuck with Bill Cosby. It ain't got nothing to do with him raping the women. That's fucked up that he raped all the women, but I ain't got nothing to do with that. My thing was he was so quick to criticize black people in front of white people. Mm. And 
you you did that knowing you done all this other shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I know exactly. even going back it, to him criticizing the other black comedians, it's like let people do their shit. You just shut the fuck up and do this. We love your shit too, Bill. I love Bill Cosby comedy. But yeah, no man, listen, man. I'll tell anybody anything. Bill Cosby's one of the funniest people that ever lived. But what you can't do is you can't criticize your people when you got all this other shit going on with you. Like he made himself some sort of moral authority, and he was a piece of shit. But I, I, that's one crime that I don't really like. I can't wrap my mind around like murder. It's a crime, but I could see some reasons for murdering somebody. Robbery is a crime, but I could see a reason for having to rob people. As fucked up as it make me sound, but I, I'm just being honest. If I'm down to my last. Right. Anything and my daughter saying, "Daddy, I'm hungry." I mean, you gotta do. Yeah, what you gotta I, do. What I, gotta, I can see a reason to rob somebody. I can't. I don't see a reason for rape. Like that's the one where it's like, you know, what I mean, then, raggedy bitches is out here giving pussy. Like, away. like you, and especially not rape when you you Bill Cosby. a wife. You Bill Cosby and you got pussy at home. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like um it's it's different in a way, but it's the same type of thing. Like my one of my best friends, like a dude that like pretty much like when I was growing up, this nigga helped raise me, even though he was like a few years older than me. You know what I'm saying? But he put money in my pocket, put like bought me clothes and shit when when my, my mom wasn't really you know what I mean? But he, you know, last year, the end of last year, he murdered his wife. I remember. Right, and I, uh, you know, people ask me like, why I haven't said anything to him. It's like, man, look, outside of 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 doing something to a kid, I could have understood if that nigga did anything else. You know what I mean? Like, like, he, yo, come on, get out of here! Hold on, hold on. Like, if he would have, if he would have did anything else, man. If he would have did anything else, I would have understood it. I wouldn't. I might not have agreed with it, but I would have understood it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you murdered your wife. I can't. Come on, bro. I can't talk to you about that shit. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing for us to talk about. Right. I don't care what you say. Your reason was. I. I can think of another option. Regardless of what the fuck you talking about. Nah. Like I don't understand that at all. And that's why I haven't said anything to him. Because I don't under, I don't, like, what do I say? You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, man. But yeah, man. Okay, now look, last thing before we wrap this up. We talked about yeah. the, uh, you know, the stance of black players on the, um, you know, with the Black Lives Matter and speaking out or not. The last thing before we get out of here, well, I should say second to the last thing. What's your take on the NBA coming back? Would you rather see them? Uh, Kyrie is kind of making it out to be a choice. I don't necessarily agree it's a choice, but your take on his stance on uh, not playing anymore because of the, the, the climate right now? or would you- Hold on a second. Yo, close the door. Hi.
Hello? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a badass kid, man. It's all good. We all got him. But what, your take <laughs> on what the NBA should do right now? What do you want to see happen? Uh, that's, that's a hard thing, man, because Kyrie, you know, I admire what he's doing, even though I say, like, I don't think celebrities have to participate in these things. It helps if they do. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But it's like, if okay, if if you end the NBA season, what is the, like, what is it going to do for the culture, the movement, the culture, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh-huh. Like, what is the NBA going to change? That's a like, good question. If, I, I do not know. Like, what if y'all sit down, what y'all going to be doing? Yeah, like, are y'all just gonna be sitting out to be sitting out? Like, what? What is this? What is it for? It has to be for something, right? Because if you say you're gonna play, then y'all gonna get back to wearing I can't breathe t-shirts at the shoot around, and while you're on TV doing your interviews, then shit, it, it'd be more beneficial to play. At least people see you being aware of that every day. If you're not gonna do that, if you're not gonna play, what are you gonna be doing on a day-to-day basis in regards to the movement right now? Now, if if they're gonna be honest and say, "Look, man, we we're a league full of black men. We don't like how black men are being treated in America. We don't like how black people forget men because you got Breonna Taylor, you got a, a Sandra Bland. So it's not even a black man thing. It's black people, right? Right. If, if it's we, you know, we don't like how black people are being treated, and Y'all, as the NBA, y'all, that's this multi-billion-dollar corporation. Y'all gotta help us. Y'all gotta help black people because if we're being fair, they make money off of black people. That's a fact. So if you're gonna make money off us, help us out. Okay. The last thing, brother. Last thing before I let you go. Uh huh. Top five. Top five what? Top five, what should I call them? Um, top five black athletes that have been uh, activists. Muhammad Ali is number one. Okay. Um, this is a hard thing because you don't want to, like, it's, it's hard because it's like, I don't want to, like, Diminish anybody else and what they did for the community, but the Muhammad Ali is definitely number one. You can't diminish nobody. Said everybody you put on the list gonna be a good name to sit behind. And then I say um, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, okay, that's a good one. Oh my God, it was Bill, a good one until you know. But yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but even, but see, even with Jim Brown, and not to because we're gonna get into a whole other thing, but with Jim Brown, I think sometimes. People think they're doing things that are gonna help, and it just comes off wrong. Yeah, I think he thought like, yeah, I think he felt like, look, man, like being angry at this nigga and not, not really doing anything about it doesn't suck because, and that's my whole thing with the protest too. It's like, all right, after we do all this protesting and rioting and looting or whatever, what? What are we gonna do after that? 
right? Yeah. And what I've learned is to get where you want to get, you, you got to sit down with people you might not necessarily want to sit down with to move further in life. I'm with you, brother. The one thing that I will say is you do have to do what you said, but you don't have to sit there and be you black and he white and you tell me I'm ready to serve. Don't say I'm ready to serve. Yeah. But then you got to look too. And the, he's he's an older he's an older black man. And I heard I heard Tupac say something once, right? And he said, um, it's on, I think it's on Kendrick Lamar album too. He said, you know, you don't see no loud mouth 30 year old rebel niggas because by the time a nigga reached 30, he been beaten down so much that he just want peace. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, that's how I am with women. I used to be real outspoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me too. And then now it's like I just want you. Sh- I just want to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I want peace. <laughs> I throw in the towel so quick, bro. I used to laugh at niggas like the married niggas, you know, the older heads. Yeah, nigga, wife going off. You be like, he be getting punked. Now I learned it. <laughs> look, bro. I learned it with my last. I learned it with my last girlfriend, man. Like. She used to be going off on me, man. And never in my life had I just sat and let a woman go off on me and not say nothing, right? But it was like, in that moment, I was like, man, I just want her to shut the fuck up. And if if I can, if I can just get through this without yelling back at her, we gonna be all right. Boy, that's it. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, I know exactly what the fuck you mean. I'm tired of this shit. And look, I just you could win the <laughs> argument if I could just win the, the rest of the house and peace in this motherfucker. <laughs> like if you could just shut up for the whole next day, I'll be all right. Right. But um yeah, so three, three Jim Brown. Jim Brown is three. Um Man, I, you gotta put Craig Hodges. People don't give Craig Hodges his props, man. But that motherfucker wrote a letter to the president, letting him know America ain't shit. Yeah, you gotta give Craig Hodges. But you know, your boy, your boy got Craig up out of there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Craig lost that like, spot. Like, hold on now, nigga. You making too much noise. We gotta. But um, I'll say. Yeah, Craig Hodges is probably four, and then five. Five, I would put it between. Um, Hold on, Craig Hodges. Who was your third? I said Jim Brown. I thought Jim Brown was second. No, nah, um, who did I say was second? I said Muhammad Ali, right? Yep. Oh, you right, you right. I did say Jim Brown was second, and then we got off on the whole. Yep. So, Jim all right, Brown, Muhammad Craig Ali, Hodges. Jim. Jim Brown, Craig Hodges. Um, I don't want to call him Chris Jackson, man, but because I don't know how to exactly say his Muslim name. <laughs> but, okay. But Chris Jackson, he like he he fucking he got kicked out of the NBA for protesting the whole flag. Yep, he so did. So I would put him up there, and then you gotta say Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 
are tied at for the. Okay, okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. I'm so I'm like you know, I thought you know honorable mention. Uh, I ain't heard no Kaepernick. That was interesting. No Bron Bron. No uh. Because look, man, I'm gonna tell you the truth about LeBron, right? Yeah. And you know LeBron is my guy, yep, right? Yep. But that nigga, when it comes to shit like this, he say the most surface level. Like, he say shit that everybody been saying. And then the media treats it like he says some shit that they ain't ever heard before. He's such a... And I'm not saying he's not. You know what I mean? Well, no, I get what you're saying. Like, it's think, generic kind of. I, yeah, I think what he does is great. I think what he's done in Ohio is great. I think what he does for kids is great. But when it comes time for him to actually say something, it'd be the most generic shit ever. That's a fact. And Kaepernick, <laughs> I don't put him on there because because his, like I said in the beginning, it became more about him and his problems than the people. Okay, okay. It wasn't about the it wasn't about us no more. It was about him sustaining the job. You know what I mean? I'm with you on that, brother. But we got to, okay. So we're going to talk more on that later. That's very interesting, though. In the comments underneath this post, we're going to have a, uh, we're going to get into a little bit more of that. Anything you want to plug? You got anything you're doing coming up? Or, uh, man, people can find you? Ain't, ain't shit going on, man. <laughs> 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 Comedy clubs they open in here like fully until probably like August, September. So I'll be out of commission as far as working wise until like August, September. Well, that's we hoping for the best, right? Yeah. So, you know, hopefully by then I'll be back working. But for now, I'll be doing little Zoom comedy shows and shit like that, and I'll post up whenever I have a Zoom show, which is, to me is stupid, but, you know, what up? <laughs> All right, my I gotta... Yeah, but, man, I appreciate the talk, man, and, you know, even though we had our... Now, I wouldn't even call it disagreements. We had we had conversations for the past couple of days, so it was good to, to you know, be able to t- get our points across. Yeah, and don't think it, don't think us because we did this episode. I ain't gonna still be on that bullshit. I'm still gonna be on that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it helped my day go nah, by. man. But you know, because sometimes people can read things, they may think like, "Oh, these niggas got issues now," because they and you know how niggas doing GSPN. They argue all day. Hell yeah, help everybody day go by. Shit, I'm gonna get on that truck. I'm at the gas station. I'm trying to quit smoking cigarettes. So I'm having a, a craving right now. They got this gas station yeah. a few blocks from the crib to sell singles. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to grab me two singles, get my ass up here to this goddamn truck. Well, nigga, I get to arguing with y'all all day. Y'all don't even know how fast my damn day go by fucking with y'all, boy. <laughs> 14 hours yeah, go by. Man. Yeah, man, but this was definitely a, a good conversation. And I'm glad we had it, man. This was definitely good to have. Yes, sir. All right, dog. Take care, man. I'm going to go ahead and get